so if I press that button, I think that means we, we start record. I think that, that means the magic is happening. Uh, go and say a thing, Alex. A thing? That'll do. Say and, a thing. Yeah, that's fine. A thing will do nicely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, happy Christmas. Actually, do I care about Christmas? Yeah, happy Christmas, whatever. Yuletide greetings, all one and everyone. And Joy Noel. Joy Noel. It's... Yeah. um. As as you know, it is currently everyone's just had Christmas. Wait a minute, I have no idea when it, which when's this going out? This is probably going out like uh, December the twenty the thirtieth. It's going out on the third December the thirtieth. So everyone's had Christmas. Oh, everyone's, almost Happy New Year. Everyone's fat. What a year it's been! I'll tell you what. Let's do this. Oh damn! Let's not do that. Uh, let's do. Uh, let's do this. Uh, here he is. It's worked. <laughs> the technology's working. Nope. Hooray! It's no longer a blank screen. <laughs> Hello, everyone. We have tea. Oh, well, I have tea. I don't know. Alex, do I you don't have tea? tea. You don't have tea. Right. I have a mince pie. There's a mince pie, only because I think mince pie should be served all year round. Uh, and, uh, and also, uh, obviously feeling very festive with... Uh... There we are. What's, what's that around your neck, Alex, and why? That is a, this is a Christmas bow tie. Very good. Um, but as you can see, I can't play it. That's great. That's good. So, <laughs> because uh, my wife is away for work, and uh, you yeah, don't get Jenny to. You don't get her to tie your bow ties, do you? Both. Well, I mean, I wear them at approximately once per one and a half years or something. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I, that's true. I can't do it. I can tie a normal tie, but I never have to wear one because I'm a. I'm a snow nerd, and we don't wear ties. It's true. It's you are. You're, yeah, that's it. Everyone, welcome to Rail Natter. It's um, it's it's Christmas ish time. It's the season for, it's it's holiday season basically. Uh, and so we're doing a pre-record because it's actually October. No I wonder if everybody's know. actually with their families or if they're on their own in lockdown. People are going to be watching this in mid-January, having not noticed that we put that I put one out, so it's fine. Um, but I, I thought I'd do at least one during the holiday season, and if I get a couple of other pre-records in, great. But you know, we'll see. Anyway, right. Oh my God, it's t- nine past seven according to this because we started five minutes late. We are weirdly recording this at a normal, like at rail matter time. Anyway, um, this has been this has been going on for two minutes and thirty three seconds. So with minor technical glitches at the start, it's fine. Tell you what, let's um, let's press this. That is now working. Good, right? Oh, I'm gonna have to crop thing, clip things out of this. Anyway, right? Okay, so there we go. Oh, I'm there. Yeah, right. So, Alex, we've got Alex Priestley with us. Hooray! To talk about um, so last time we had you on, Alex, you were talking about weather versus railways. Now you're going to be more specific. You're going to talk about snow versus railways. Maybe this is it's going to be the second in a series. Although we've somewhat run out of weather things. I don't know where you go from weather and then snow. What's the next weather thing within your expertise snow. you can do next? I don't know. We could be we could be very specific about fog or something if you like. Yeah, like a particular type yeah. of snow. That's, particular uh, type of yeah, particular types of snow of which there are Neve many. versus railways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. And to be honest, I don't think we have any. I don't think there's any news, which means that basically um, we're we're going to crack on and start start the episode. Hooray! <laughs> Ah, the 
lovely InterCity 225. Alex, I don't know if you got the sound for that, but what I've done is add jingle bells to either the engine. I'm pretty... Brilliant. You know, it's good stuff. Uh, and, and just as we... You know, to start, here's a nice picture of... Um, yeah, here's a really nice picture with um, you kind of uh, falling over. What, what, what's... This is mainly showing my snow expertise. Um, so I love snow, obviously. Um, but I'm, I'm not a very good skier, which is slightly embarrassing when I, I work with French and Swiss snow colleagues who are born on skis and and can ski before they can walk. But uh, I manage. Yeah, it's a bit I mean, mean of me to get you to put this picture in because you are actually a capable... You, you can move along the ground vaguely downhill possibly downhill with skis upon you yep um yeah oh that's that's, okay so okay this is a hint as to what is what why on earth you are here as an expert inverted commas to talk about snow um what 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 so so tell us alex what i mean firstly what the hell are you doing in this picture but also why are you talking to us about snow well so the reason i'm an inverted commas expert on snow is because i'm doing a phd on snow at the moment um, and I'm studying making an, a, a new technique for measuring how liquid water moves through snow. And this is important because liquid water in snow is a big factor in avalanche risk. And it also affects dramatically how quickly or slowly the snow melts um, during the spring, which is very important in, in alpine countries, particularly where they're interested in hydroelectricity. Uh, but it's also very important if it melts very quickly because it might cause serious flooding, which has occasionally happened in the UK, um, although it's not, a, it's not an awfully common thing in the UK to have snowmelt flooding. But elsewhere, it can be really serious. So I'm, I'm, I'm working on ways to measure the, the liquid water in the snow and model it um, with a with an aim of improving our forecasts of snowmelt runoff for yeah. avalanche risk and flood just- risk. Yeah. And is this one of your jerry-rigged um, kind of uh, so this in the background there? Or uh, not in no, the background, that, just behind you? That's, that, that's, just a, that's just a stick with, with markings on it to measure oh. the depth of the snow. It's very, very high tech. Mm. Um, so this is, this is some field work I did a couple of years ago, and it's actually not in the Alps where I often spend time. It's actually in the Pentland Hills just outside Edinburgh oh, yeah. <laughs> during March 2018 when there was a lot oh, of snow. I remember you I, going out to do this, actually, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I couldn't go to the Alps because everything was completely shut so uh, i i went to the pentlands and prodded some snow there and made some electrical measurements in in the snow in the pentlands yes that was, that was great fun so we'll come um, back to 2018 and snow i presume we, because... we will yes because it was a good one it was a good one well not in, unless you don't like snow but it, it was a good one if you do like snow um, um yes we'll, we'll come back to that yeah no, no, well, sure. thanks, thanks for that outline i, I it, it's, it's a very interesting phd i think you're now at the point where you no longer find it interesting and you want it to be over but i um, wanted to finish yeah if anyone is doing a phd and doesn't experience that then they're not doing the phd probably, not doing it so, probably. Yeah, yeah i don't think yeah <laughs> so um so we're going to start uh well it feels like you're reasonably qualified to 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 answer this question um uh, what is to, snow? What is snow? Tell us why, why. Tell us what snow is, Alex, if you can, please. Snow but this picture in the background is what causes this in the background, and, and it's 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 white. It's frozen water. It forms in clouds um, through various methods of accretion in the cloud that happen below freezing, obviously, because it's frozen, and then it falls out the sky. Um, much in the same way that rain falls out of, of clouds and uh, lands on the ground and then stuff happens to it, um, depending on the temperature, the strength of the wind, the size of the bits of snow, uh, henceforth known as from, known as snowflakes. 
Um, so snow is basically, yeah, it's crystals of frozen water um, that fall as precipitation and then land on the Earth's surface and stick around for a bit. And it's this sticking around for a bit that causes the interest slash problems that we're, we're going to be discussing today, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Was why is snow white? Why does it end up looking white like this? Um, or is that like because it, is it because it reflects all the all the visible spectrum back at you, and it just it's just white, I think. Mm-hmm. But then similarly, when you sort of you know if you stick a if you stick an ice axe in a snowdrift and look down the hole, it does go blue. It looks blue, very yeah, very vividly you get, blue. Yeah, different scattering of the different mm. wavelengths of light. But I mean, I don't I don't know much more about the color of snow, but it's usually white. Although it can be. Yellow. Dirty and, well, it can be yellow, of course, and you, <laughs> you must avoid the yellow stuff. Um, but it can be all sorts of other colours. So there's, you can get Saharan dust can blow north from the Sahara and land on the Alps and colour the you know significant areas of the Alps sort of orangey red. Oh, wow. um, and also a serious problem in this in the sort of climate uh, feedbacks uh, that's being studied more and more at the moment is is black carbon, so soot basically landing on snow in a big way. Say, for example, on Greenland. And making the snow darker, and ah, and reducing the amount of of energy that it reflects away. It. It'll melt quicker. Um, oh, I see. So, so the more actually, we put in, it'll melt the more the more quickly it melts. Ah, right. Um, so that's, but anyway, snow normally people would assume it's white, and they'd be almost always right. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is a pic. Is this a picture out of your book? What you've taken a po- picture with? This is a picture out of my book that made an appearance last time. Um, what's his name again? J.R.R. Uh, Tolkien of snow. P P J G R R R Ransom. Um, boy, there you go. Um, yeah, this that's a picture of me. But wait a minute, let me, let me is... do it again. But I'm going to put it to big big faces again. Show us the okay, book. Yeah, yeah here's, here's the book. Snow, uh, flood, and other snow, flood, and snow, tempest. flood, and tempest, railways, and natural disasters. Nice. And there's an HST at Dawlish on the front. There you go. Lovely. P J G Ransom. Nice work. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and that's a picture from this book. And it's actually, unfortunately, it's an undated picture, but it does say where it is. It's, so it's in the far north of Scotland, or the great north of Scotland line, near near um, Buchan in Aberdeenshire, which is Ooh. close to your yeah. land. Uh, yeah, um, a, a former railway. but um, Yeah, there's no longer a railway there, but it looks like there's no longer a railway there. Yeah, true. it's gone it's anyway. Track. So, you know, um, no one's so that's obviously been a pretty serious blizzard and will, have, will require an awful lot of effort to get trains running on there again. Yeah, crikey. Um, yeah. So, okay, right, next next slide. Oh, okay, we've got one of the... People should all be familiar with the Met Office sort of... Uh, Met Office graph. I mean, we had a few of them last. Okay. Met Office map, but a few of them last time, didn't we? Hmm. Um, so, so snow in the UK is extremely variable, both geographically and in time. Um, so if you if you see on this map, you've got certain areas of the sort of high mountain, the Cairngorms, for example, where you get about at least 60 days a year with snow lying on average with the, from the latest data. But then if you look further southwest, for example, like in Cornwall, for example, you basically get on average zero or less than five days of lying snow. But that 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 30 year average masks a humongous amount of variation. Um both geographically and, and with time, like I said. So we yeah. get years like 2018, which was yeah a recent example where we had really, really widespread cold, snowy weather. And then last winter, I don't think there was much snow in the UK, at least at low level at all. Mm. Um, and that's, again, that's pretty pretty typical. And we, we have had periods of 
time, so years in a row where there has been almost no snow anywhere at low levels. And then we get a year like 2018 where it comes in a big way and causes yeah. an awful lot of disruption. Um, yeah, so it's not... <clears throat> it's, a, it's very tricky to invest in protecting against it and you know yeah. mitigating against the damage that it causes because you can spend an awful lot of money on you know snow plows and whatever else and then not use them for 15 years and then they've they've sat in a siding or a, wherever and rusted to bits and then you have to get a new one you might not use that for 15 years yeah yeah, yeah. So it's, a, it's a tricky decision so last time last time you're on we talked about climate uh, the difference between climate and weather and the fact that these the, the, yeah. the 1981 to 2010 period is sort of is is the 30-year period if you like that um is considered to be a, a representation of climate that's shifting by 10 years very soon right yeah we'll do soon you expect one. yeah so do you expect this to go a, a lot paler um or do you think actually there might um, not be that much difference there will be less snow in the last the last 10 years have not been particularly snowy although they have like we've just been discussing there have been some pretty snowy years yeah, that's in there. True. Yeah, but yeah. um I would be very surprised if the average over the last 30 years is more snowy than it was 10 years ago, if you see what I mean. Yep. Um, yeah. So, so um, yeah, the trend is definitely to less snow um, overall, but that's not to say that there's not going to be any snow, and uh, so it's still going to cause disruption for many, many years to come, but only every few years. So, t- so that. So that's averages, but in terms of the extremes, I know we're dwelling on this one because it's quite interesting, actually. So in terms of the extremes, we again, last time we talked about extremes of weather. Um, uh, yeah, we've, you know, we've, we've seen all too, uncom- you know, all too upsettingly what the consequences of extreme weather yeah. can be um, since we had our conversation, in fact. Uh, in terms of snow, we may not be seeing the, the, the number of average days, but are we, are we, do you know if we're seeing a trend towards more extremes of snowfall? So shorter, you know, less overall days of cover, but more extremes that last for shorter periods. Do you know, do you know what those trends, I, I don't I, know how those trends I, are even captured, to be honest. But. I, I, don't, I don't know, actually. Um, that's an interesting question, and I think that's an area where um, more research would have to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I mean, we're, we're, seeing, we're definitely seeing more extremes of precipitation, uh, so you know days where that where the, you know where we're getting seriously disruptive amounts of precipitation. And if the temperature is low when that occurs, then yeah, we might get mm. extreme amounts of snow. But then, if the the average temperature is warmer overall, then it would yeah it would um, you would expect to see fewer yeah, yeah that's yeah. no lasting less. So it's more like so we'll just yeah. be getting high you know spikes yeah. of rainfall that might be really cold, but it's still rainfall rather than being. Uh, well, snow because yeah. average temperatures are increasing over, yeah. overall yeah okay um right okay so so that's so that's snow but why does the railway give us stuff about snow well i suppose this is both of us to answer this one maybe it's even more well you know you gave pictures here's a picture so as from a track perspective actually snow's all right most of the time but when it's kind of light soft stuff the the, the railway can kind of or trains sort of bash it and it's fine and it whiz through snow and it's fine um however it is quite hard and heavy, and if you get a sufficient lump of it in the way of a train, it can cause the train. You can bop your train off the track, which is uh, not recommended. Um, this is a picture of uh, somewhere because I googled it, and and this is a network <laughs> rail media center image. That so I don't they don't mind me using it, but I can't remember where it is. Somewhere quite nice. It looks very pleasant. Yeah. Nice. There are some icicles dangling off that bridge, which might be more of an issue. I was going to say those are scarier yeah. because they're very they're, much likely to be infringing gauge. They're heavy and are heavy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
uh, and can break windows when a train hits them. So actually, yeah, going through tunnels, it's oh, a reason why tunnels get closed is from icicles hanging down at the at sort of halfway, usually at the ends or at shafts where there's a bit more, you know, where the, the, the melt comes down. Anyway, so yeah, it can be problematic for the railway when it, in insufficient sort of scale. Uh, for example, this picture that you um, sent through, we were rationing a few pixels, apologies everyone. But um, yeah, this is not good. This no. is, where is this, Alex? Where's this picture? So that's 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 on the west coast main line, um, north of Carlisle in southern Scotland. So some sort of round Beatick sort of area. Ah, um, okay, yeah, yeah. In in March two thousand and eighteen, um, after a, one of the most serious blizzards that we've had in in recent decades, really, it was yeah. quite exceptional. I don't know if anyone remembers the beast from the east, but it was it was pretty spectacular, um, and. It was a, it was very cold and the snow was very dry and it was very windy so it was blowing around like nobody's business mm. and somewhere under there there are two obviously two railway lines. Yeah, um, yeah. This is tracks. not a safe. This is no longer a safe. You, you cannot <laughs> run a passenger or a freight train through here. You need something that's very heavy and very spiky at the front because frankly this is not. You'd struggle to get. Well, we'll talk about this a bit more later. But this is a problem. You cannot run a railway when there's this much snow on it. And it's also, it's, it, I'm glad you picked up one with, with uh, OLE in it because snow can be a real problem for OLE as well, particularly if it mm. uh, is being blown in, if the conditions are right for it to be blown around and form rime ice around the OLE cables can result in them sagging quite a lot, which in turn can result in, um, in some serious problems in terms of reduced uh, electrical clearance and potentially getting flashovers to your train or, or structures, all sorts of nasties. So... Um, even if the you know even if the tracks are actually not too badly buried, um, significant snowfall and the right snow conditions can actually cause real problems for Oli. Um, generally, what the Germans generally do is um, they get their they get their gauge master Hornby control thing and they just wiggle the dial a bit to get some juice to flow through the Oli to melt all the snow off. But um, and indeed that is one of the things that we do. That but, sounds good. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, not 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 necessarily the perfect catch-all so so the railways yeah the wrong sort of snow um which we'll maybe touch on but snow can be a challenge for all sorts of bits of infrastructure you know also snow pile you know collecting in signals and things can be an issue as well you know there are lots of issues that that snow can be problematic with um this is another photo that is nuts i recognize this bit of railway though this is the north berwick branch right it is yeah so that's just off the east coast main line uh, in east lothian in southern Scotland, um, and it's just a short little branch line that goes to North Berwick. Um, and in that same blizzard from the previous photo in March 2018, um, the wind was so strong and the, there was sufficient amounts of snow just in this short cutting that great big um, snow drifts called cornices built up over the over the railway line and then were threatening to collapse onto the railway line. So they had to close the line for, I think, a week or something. Yeah before they worked out how to remove these these overhanging ledges of snow, um, which were threatening to collapse onto the track. And, and of course, when, when they formed, those, those, those snow drifts would have been all lovely and fluffy and powdery and very pretty and nice. But after they've been sat there for a week at temperatures, maybe occasionally going above freezing and then going back down below freezing, the snow is one of the reasons why snow is so difficult, because it, it changes a lot when it's on the mm. ground. Um, so it'll have, it could have melted and then refrozen again and then melted a bit more and refrozen and it's it transforms from being a like fluffy lovely yeah talcum powder more like icing talcum sugar. powder beautiful substance to being horrible rock solid um basically 
ice um, and it's very dense and very heavy and if that fell on a train it would it wouldn't be great yeah and it would also i think there was, i think it was also threatening to sort of bring lots of rocks with it as well so uh, yeah, yeah really yeah. not not a great situation so that that was quite an unusual example of snow causing trouble and i think fortunately that sort of thing doesn't doesn't happen very yeah, often yeah for that to happen in east um, Lothian, which is notoriously I mean, yeah, that, seaworthy uh, you know, it's next to the sea and quite, quite kind of generally pleasant. Quite temperate sort of place, yeah. generally. Yeah. Um, um, it's unusual for that to be a particular issue there, but it, the image was. I mean, we we went for a we went for a hill trip, I think, didn't we? And in, 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 or I, I came up and met you kind of fairly a couple of weeks after this, and there were still like melting cornices on yeah. verges of the main roads around like five. The the, the the motorway cuttings just north of Edinburgh. We I remember we drove up, didn't we? And there were there were, there were massive banks of snow, like not yeah. dissimilar to this, but on the motorway. Um, several weeks later, it was it was a bonkers. It was crackers, and just, as you say, just a huge grotty cool. lump of like half. Like, yeah, of, of at that stage, it didn't ice. look very pretty. Picture it wasn't picture postcard at that stage. Yeah. It was dirty brown mucky icy slush well not slush but well solid yeah. it's solid yeah. enough to, solid. To, to knock a wheel off a you know to, to to derail the front wheel set of a of a train you know particularly if it's a multiple unit yeah. so Which yeah not, not um, great not great so so that's no. that's a challenge so oh gosh okay so yeah that those are things oh, that and, and this so, yeah so now we just we just discussed a very rare occurrence was cornices closing a line in east lothian this i think is possibly even more rare I think Network Rail are probably hoping it's more rare, or rarer rather. Um, so yeah, there was some infrastructure damage. You can tell us about this, yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a colossal avalanche near Bridge of Orkey, right? Uh, I remember because yeah. it stopped us from doing some hills for a while. What year was this? Actually, yeah. this, was... Well, it was, this was this was March two thousand and ten. Of course, um, it was. It was it was two thousand nine, yeah. two thousand ten. Um, so. So, so for this to occur yeah. to such dramatic effect, we needed a, a combination of, of, of factors and we needed obviously huge amounts of snow, that goes without saying, but it needed to be getting blown by the wind onto onto steep enough slopes to then form an avalanche and then there needed to be a railway at the bottom of these slopes. Yeah. And all those all those criteria were met yeah, in, in early to mid-March 2010 um, where there was a, a, a long period of of heavy snowfall with winds that were blowing in the right direction. So it has to stratify uh, for an avalanche. Is that part of it? Yeah. Like, is it an element of like you have like a wind well, slab or, or I suppose it's, it, there's lots of different ways that it can develop. But... This avalanche was prob probably actually a wet snow avalanche. So yeah. that's what happens when, so it goes, goes back to what I'm sort of studying is, is the, the snow actually melts a bit and liquid water starts to lubricate the bottom of the, of the uh -huh. snowpack. And the interface of it, either the interface of it with lower layers of snow or the ground, um, and also the, the 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 melting water makes the snow a lot denser, and then at some point the the weight of the snow overcomes the 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 um, the this, this frictional strength mm. of, of, of what's holding it up on the slope, and then it all just and then that happens. Um, yeah, yeah, and it, it made a right old mess. Pretty mess, it, pretty it, mess. It, it, I mean, it, yeah, it wiped out the track and it managed to it smashed a bit of fence, which I believe is still in the river actually to this day. We looked at it a it's, few years later, and there were still bits of uh, retaining wall and fence, fence. <laughs> bits of like early key clamp fence just buried in, just like half buried in the yeah. river at the bottom. Of the river. I mean, and obviously remember that although that looks just like mostly snow in this in this picture, that snow will have entrained an awful lot of other stuff. So there were lots yeah. of trees. 
<laughs> that yeah. went down with it, and also boulders and soil and everything else. So plus, it has. I mean, plus, plus, presumably, if it's wetter snow, then it's it, the density is approaching. Yeah. Quite actually, you know, the dense the, the mass per meter cubed is starting to get towards what water is anyway, right? You know, it's it's actually yeah, a pretty so it, heavy mass really anyway. Heavy, probably six or seven hundred kilograms per yeah. meter cubed, which so, you don't want to no, argue with. Yeah. No, you don't argue with that. Uh, yeah, so that's um, so so snow it can cause some some headaches. This is really rare, obviously, but but again, it's something that, that the railway has to think about. Um, so that, that kind of begs the next question, which is what what in the heck does the railway do about it? Um, yeah, again, this is like this is this is you as a as a snow nerd, but also a railway nerd a little bit to yeah. tell us some of these things. Um, and and the people who are in the chat, because this will go out as a premiere, so there'll be people in the chat who will be discussing this at great length. We're just here to facilitate your discussions, everyone. Hello, people in the chat. Um, and uh, but there are some fun pictures here, and we'll be able to tell you very little of, with, of, in any meaningful detail about most of these things, which is fine because they entertain us. Uh, if not, um, so you know, so yeah, we've done about. these. We've done these in order of uh, <laughs> of in order of um, <laughs> like of commonness. I don't know. Yeah, and, and horse, horsepower and and how likely the railway is to use them, and. <laughs> So this is at the lower end of the likelihood scale, <laughs> um, but at the upper end of the hilarity scale. So this is, so basically, there have been some, a few notable, particularly notably cold and snowy winters in the UK over the last hundred years, for example. And one of the most snowy, snowiest winters was 1947. Um, and it crippled the country for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. It was, you know, post-war, everything was already a bit broken and knackered, and then this was really it was really quite bad for you know weeks and weeks and weeks and the railways got desperate so this is um this is what they they tried in various places across the railway network in the north of england in in early 1947 they basically the the ref had some jet engines lying around spare as you do so they as you do so they 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 bolted them onto the back of some wagons shunted them up to these snow drifts and trying to blast the snowdrifts away because they they were spending so much time and so much manpower trying to dig them up that they thought, well, why don't we use a why don't we use a jet engine? Um, and uh, this it was, was uh, mixed success. Yeah, mixed success. Um, so, to, to quote Pokemon Red, it was not effective. Uh, I, I think I think I don't know if this is a photograph of it actually doing it, but I think at one point the snow was so dense and sort of so solidly stuck down onto the onto the you know, in amongst all the track and stuff, that they actually managed to rip some track up yes. with the snow. Um, and then also, they, I think they were worried about causing serious injury with flying lumps of ice and ballast, as you would be. Although, yep. obviously, health and safety wasn't particularly at the forefront of their minds then because they'd mounted a jet engine on a truck. So it's Yeah, fine. like a trilby isn't much protection against yeah, a, a piece of ballast not... being blasted at 350 miles an hour from a from a Rolls-Royce Spey or whatever it is they've mounted yeah. over this thing, yeah. Um, but but it was slightly unfortunate that they they only sort of got round to doing this when the snow had been on the ground for weeks and weeks and was rock hard. Because if they had tried it on some loose powdery stuff, it would no doubt have been extremely effective and also really cool to watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it, yeah, didn't, it didn't work out very well. Yeah, the, I mean, it's definitely like the the mounting a railgun to the front of a train to solve uh, level crossing incursions approach to to snowfall. But um, yeah, I mean, funnily enough, it hasn't entirely taken off, but it's not like it's not an approach that isn't 
broadly emulated by other technologies. For example, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah. So this is a this is a snowblower, and I don't have any didn't have any pictures of it of these. Couldn't find any good pictures of them in action. But basically, they're they're like a massive food processor on the front of a train that churns the snow up with these massive spinning blade things and then sprays it out of the top and sprays it in theory into a somewhere where you don't, you don't mind the snow going like a field next to the railway line or something um, and after some seriously snowy winters i think in the in the late 70s and early 80s british rail finally got around to buying one of these or buying a few of them and they even were so worried about serious winters that they bought one and based it in the in London, yeah, that's, 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 say, network, that's toothpaste that delivery. Network Southeast yeah. in like the late eighties. Um, they have subsequently been. They have subsequently moved them to Scotland, where they are far more likely to uh, be used. But uh, yeah, so these, these are these are cool. I think these were used in in two thousand eighteen as well. They, they were sort of buzzing around the country, mm. clearing. Um, yeah, these ones with a German name. I've yeah, Biohack. Biohack. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that's I learned from that. I learned that from my book. Yeah, it's in your book. Uh, yeah, okay. it's in my book. Yeah. Um, um, I, this, this. That, so I. Cool. Yeah, this is from a Majesty's Secret Service. Is what I always think of these because there's you know skier ending up in one of them who's chasing James Bond. Uh, yeah. uh, but that uh, that wasn't mounted to the front of a mess. Class Five shunter or whatever. You know, it's a whatever this thing is. I don't know. Someone's going to correct. People are going to correct me very angrily about that. I'm sure they are. Whatever yeah. it's mounted to. Um, uh, is the yeah, the idea that it's in toothpaste livery and and kind of parked in Croydon or wherever it happens to be is is humorous. I to mean, me. to be fair, there is some snow. Yeah, I was, yeah, it's true. There is snow there. there. Um, I mean, it does snow in Croydon. It's true. No, it's not. It's true. There are, there are less snowy places in the UK. So okay, so step down from from things that rotate and blow down to a slightly more uh, slightly mechanical common. approach, which is drive so, yeah, at is, it. This is a this is a this is just a snowplow. An independent snowplow. So it's basically like a, it's basically just a sort of wagon thing with a big blade on the front um, that you push along with a locomotive into snow drifts and then it chops them up and scoops them out of the way. Um, and these sort of tend to go around in pairs because you have one on the front facing forwards and one on the back facing backwards because um, what tends to happen when these are being used is they end up getting, they go forwards and blast all the snow out of the way and then they can't go back the way blows they come. Back. Yeah, yeah. It blows back in and stuff. So they have. They usually have one on both ends. But it also means they don't need to worry about turning around at the, at the wherever true. they. That's oh, yeah, Good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. For operational reasons. And exactly. there, this is so. This is probably the, the the big one that people are familiar with. Most of these, I think, if not all of them, are formed of former steam tenders. Actually, are they? A little little, yeah. uh, little nugget for you. Um, I, I think I'm, nice. I'm sure there's probably a new build entirely new build one or two out there but i'm pretty sure most of the big ones like this are former tenders and there's the half size ones as well aren't there so there's the, the, the big full height ones and then there's like yeah. the half size ones there there see them around as well yeah you sometimes see them sort of just parked up in various places just sort of waiting for it to snow yeah yeah, yeah that's so quite they're, nice they're cool. and, and there was some pretty good videos on on twitter in 2018 that network rail put up of these oh, yes. scooting about particularly around east anglia as well because um, a lot of the uh, as uh, East Lothian and East East Anglia, a lot of these eastern counties got really serious snowdrifts um, in that 2018 mm. snowy period. So they were scooting around, um, blasting them out of the way, and there was pretty cool videos of that going on. So yeah, 
I've missed a trick getting some of the um, some of Sean Lee's uh, sort of the, the the network rail air operations team did some mm. had some really good aerial like helicopter shots of, of railways. There's a good one of Carstairs Junction coated in snow, and there's the really good one of um, of the far north line just utterly kicked. I should have pulled some of those up. Uh, anyway, people can Google them. I'll maybe do a few in a twi- Twitter thread over Christmas because you know. Uh, I mean, now I've done it already. I've done that thread already. Brilliant! What 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 a good idea that was. It is Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's past Christmas. It's the thirtieth of December, December, I think. Uh, I should probably check that. Anyway, um, that's fine. Uh, yeah, so that so th- those go around. That's fine. What? But then, so we're stepping down in terms of horsepower. Uh, a few fewer horses here. Fewer horses. Well, there is here. a class thirty-seven. That's got quite yeah, a few that's, horses. That's true. Um, so on the front of the locomotive, there are actually some very small snowplows, um, which are they're pretty pretty handy for you know, the vast majority of instances the snow doesn't get deep enough to cause much more trouble than would be dealt with with a you know they're about sort of 50 centimeters high or something and they're all they're um, on all pretty much all of the multiple units that operate north of the Watford Gap or certainly like the, the northern ones that go over Settle Carlisle and all the Scottish units have yeah, all, have a little snow all the Scottish ones have them yeah yeah um and then locomotives have them too um so they're they're, they're pretty common yeah so a locomotive, just a, a train in normal service, like a, a DMU, can clear the clear the line of of, of a shallow covering of soft snow with them, just as as it's running as a normal train. It doesn't need to be a, a special snowplow train to do that. And generally, um, generally the railways can beat roads in terms of depth of snow. The railways can run in conditions where the roads cannot. So we're, we are we are bemoaning railways and the challenges they face, but actually the, the railways are pretty is a pretty resilient system against like a decent amount of it snow. Is. yeah i mean you can yeah if you're trying to drive in this sort of snow and you didn't have a, a four by four with snow change you'd be going absolutely nowhere and you can guarantee that the the a82 of aranachmo was closed yeah. when this foot was taken yeah. um yeah yeah and um, and i also see in this photo the mark one shovel the mark which, one shovel which i suppose is an alternative <laughs> means of snow removal if all others fail so I mean, yeah, I mean, even nowadays, the the, the yeah the, the the basics are the simple simple is best, isn't it? So if you've got things like points to clear and little fiddly bits, you can't do that with snowplows. You have to have a person with a shovel and get them digging. Yeah, yeah. For the most part these days, we install. In fact, I, I don't know any S and C installations, switch and crossing installations we do now that don't have switch heating. Uh, you know, um, right. fitted to it, so that's no. so for for no. modern unit. But but don't forget, there's a huge volume of switches and crossings and point work in the UK that is um or on the GB network that is knackered and old. Uh, so whilst all of our renewals will include switch heating, so that does even in snow that will leave a nice melted. It, 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 so if snow at this level would it would it would get through that it would leave a nice melted patch and the switches you know, yeah. the, the blades would be able to operate. But um, uh, the old kit. The shovel is is necessary, uh, and sometimes they do get burners out, and generally, but uh, for the most part, uh, the shovel is the way of clearing old-fashioned SNC units. So, the network rail mom will just be out with you know with probably the driver of the of the class thirty-seven, just both of them shoveling <laughs> to, to let it operate. Uh, whether it's, it's you know p- parked up at Queen Larek waiting to pop out or what, you know, wherever it happens to be at the time. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, okay. So, okay. So that's those are those are all the we have to do things. They're, but they're also the passive things, things right? Yeah. So this is actually quite close by to where that f- previous photograph was taken, um, 
And this, I think it's the only, is it the only example in the UK, this? this yeah, the, the of snow both. Shed? So there are two things in, in screen here. Yeah. Actually, no, sorry. The, the snow, uh, so the, the, the snow shed, yeah, there's only one of those in the UK and it's on Rannoch Moor, yeah. right? Which yeah. is here. That's what we've so, got in yeah, so it, was, it, it was With a steam loco, Alex, nice work. Yeah, so it was built there because that particular short section of cutting was notoriously bad for being filled in by snowdrifts. So instead of trying to dig them, dig it out every winter, the the um, the local engineers decided that they were going to build a little shed thing over it. And so instead of the snow filling the cutting, it covers the shed. So there you go, neat little simple and effective. Solution. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and the other thing is snow fences, there. right? It is still sorry. The snow shed is still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, but it, yeah, it's the only one, and it's. Uh, I mean, I think it's successful in that very specific location, but then about where that train is, it probably gets filled in with snow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah. Mixed success. Then, yeah. Yes, yeah, snow fences are a lot more common. So mm. if you go along the the South Carlisle, for example, and yeah. or many of the lines in the in the higher parts of Scotland, you see these, but they're often looking a bit worn out aren't they i mean this one has got loads of holes in it so i mean that doesn't it look does look mildly like haggard it yeah do an awful lot i don't know um, to what extent they're cons- I, 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 it's interesting it'd be interesting to chat to the the local asset the root asset manager to understand whether they basically consider them to be per, like not particularly functional obsolete. anymore yeah obsolete or whether they are good but they just kind of it's a faff to get out and repair them i don't know it's um, yeah. It's, it's one of those things that by the time the railway... Yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I reckon it's probably the fact that by the time the snow is blowing in, there's not like there's not the moment where it's working. It's just filled in anyway. So I, I'm, well, I'm interested in what... what the I think there. that they're actually not that effective. So I think they were installed once and they've just been left. <laughs> yeah. And they've obviously fallen into disrepair and they never really worked very well when they were complete and they're probably not... And they're not going to have anyone sat out there measuring, ah, yeah, okay, this is the point. This is the amount of snow where it works great because you don't notice. Um, And then the the point where it flips to it not working, at that point you're preoccupied because you're digging the railway out anyway. So, um, yeah, I suppose they've never really been empirically tested. No. Uh, Yeah. But there are quite a few of them around, so. Well, yeah, this is it. They obviously thought they would work at one point, but, yeah, they don't seem to be... There you go. There's yeah, a there's a there's, there's yeah. some groggy groggy master's thesis in that. I don't think it's enough for a PhD, but uh, probably not. No. Martin Crapper, if you're watching, that's definitely going to be another one of your um, master's thesis projects, right? Anyway, right. So uh, that's nice. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we are 38 minutes in to this episode, uh, ish, ignoring the edits from where I broke it. Um, two examples. Yeah. So. <laughs> Actually, I need to make a. I need to make a everything's broken kind of card, which I'll sit on top of where where I've, I've broken things, which will work wonderfully for the people who are listening to this in audio only format. Sorry to all of you who are listening to this in audio only format. Hopefully, we've done a reasonable job of explaining everything. Um, oh, the yeah. So we're now going to move on to the next section, Alex, which is um, two examples of our hands-on experience of where this does not work out so well. Catchy title. Yes. Um, very catchy title. So what? what, what... First of all, though, we should we should maybe big up the railways a little bit because oh yeah, go on. Like we we discussed that you know railways can operate when roads are completely scuppered with snow, um, and that actually, in fact, was the case on several of these trips that we've been on, wasn't it? Where where we've been sat at the railway station, train delayed, admittedly, and wondering if it was ever going to get through, but the uh, the nearby main dual carriageway was long closed. Um, wasn't it so yeah yeah, for the most part where you have extreme weather conditions the railway 
particularly when it comes to things like freight, is actually an incredibly useful and reliable way to move things around. Where, frankly, you know, you look at the M8 as, as an example of a major corridor, trunk corridor between Scotland's two major cities. And it just gets, when the snow gets particularly, it just gets knacked. The M9 up to Stirling gets knacked. You know, the, the, uh, the M6, the M62, when the weather's really bad, these roads are just obliterated. And these are the major connecting, the, the only connection yeah. between major cities. And like we said, it doesn't, you don't need very much snow to stop an, uh, stop an HGV mm. going up a moderate gradient, do you? Yeah, exactly. Um, um, they're so, hopeless because... Yeah. Um, Absolutely useless. Yeah, so, so the railway actually is... Yeah, let's big up the railway a bit, because this is rail natter. Uh, the railway is actually pretty good in most snowy conditions. It's only these extremes... It's only where you get these extremes, uh, the, the 2018 piece from the east level of snow, where everything's shut down anyway, um, that, that, that kind of um, the railway comes unstuck a bit. Um, however... <laughs> however, um, if, we, if we just, uh, you know, cast our minds uh, to... To you know, there's two. Two. Let, let's go back to. Well, in fact, both of these examples are 2010, aren't they? They are, and that was a particularly cold and snowy winter, wasn't it? Particularly um, fruity year for excellent so, hill trips, actually. Yeah, it was. Uh, and so we, we talked about the fact that climate change is going to make it warmer, um, but you're still going to get extremes. Um, and mm. 2010 was most certainly one of them, as long as, along with 2018. Um, yeah, and it was it was exceptionally cold, very snowy, and it was fantastic. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> was it with these? So these extremes that we get are they generally related to north? They're related often to things that are going on on the other side of the planet, aren't they? When we get a particularly snowy, particularly cold winter, it's often it's partly related to what's going on in the North Atlantic, and the and the flow of hot the flow of air flows across the North Atlantic, but it's also related to like El Nino going on in in the Pacific, right? as well that well influences... yeah so the so the, the conditions that you 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 need to get a very cold weather in the uk is it's it's that those conditions need to be occurring over a sort of a continental scale so for that sort of weather you need it to be you need the the, the whole atmospheric pattern over the northwest of europe and the north atlantic to be pointing the air coming to us from it needs to be coming from you know Siberia or yeah. or, the, or Greenland or the Arctic, and for and, and and for that to happen, you need the the, the weather elsewhere to the, the the large scale circulations elsewhere to be also oriented in the right way. So, yeah, things like La Nina or El Nino have have a pretty big effect on on whether we get really cold or not cold winters, um, but they're just one of many effects, and their their effects are can be quite weak actually. Um, oh, okay. There's an awful, there's an awful lot to be to be still understood about. Um, mm. They're called they're called sort of teleconnections. To te tele meaning far away and connections mm. connections obviously. Um, and there's a lot of work going on to sort of understand how these affect our weather. So there's not just the El Nino. There's things like the Madden Julian oscillation, which is an eight an eight phase oscillation, I think, in the in the Indian Ocean and other other things like that. That um, I, I a I don't know enough about them, and b we need a lot longer to talk about them to yeah. to. <laughs> but the planet, they, they the planet's have... atmosphere, the atmosphere is a bit like a lava lamp, right? With bubbles of, of flow like going that. around and bouncing off each other, and sort of as a as a very simple analogy of what it kind of looks like in terms of hot and cold flow. You get all these bubbles, exactly. and they all influence each other, and they're dependent on all sorts of billions of and, variables. And, and what you what you tend to get is you tend to get the the atmosphere tends to get sort of stuck in one pattern or another. Um, mm. So, for example, last 
February, February 2020, extremely wet, pretty mild, and the, the, the atmosphere was stuck in a sort of the, the, the weather was coming from the Atlantic for the UK, and that was why it was so wet and miserable. 2010, the whole winter almost was the opposite, and the weather was coming from the northeast, which is a cold part of you know Scandinavia and Siberia. So that was why it was so snowy. And it was like that for for weeks and weeks on end. There were milder bits and bobs in between, so it wasn't permanently icy and snowy, but it was, you know, you know, you didn't have to wait long after after one thaw for the next freeze to come. Which which is why which is why for example. Um, we could stand in the middle of Loch Annelie uh, and, and yeah. indeed make uh, chocolate custard, I think. Which Have you got a picture did. of the chocolate custard? I think we made... Was that chocolate custard that we made in the middle it was of the cho- Loch? Well, it, it was it was powdered normal custard that, that we then broke uh, little chocolate into to try and melt, but it was so cold. <laughs> it didn't really didn't, work. It didn't really work. So we kind of had semi-chocolate custard with lumps of chocolate in it. It was... It was Delightful. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it is it is a bit weird just trudging out. I mean, onto we, a frozen we were just lock. literally sat in the middle of a frozen lock, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this That's is me cool. looking cheerful as you took a picture of me. I had one. Yeah, of you, you look, but you do look very happy. Yeah. Why, like, why do I look so like utterly uninterested in what's going on in that? I mean, this anyway? was like you know, it was a once in a decade sort of weather, and yeah. you look like you look like you're in you look like it's you're just... in the sort of the, the shower cleaning aisle at Asda. <laughs> yeah. Is this um? Oh no, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do. Oh. Wanted to press this button and press this button and go. You can see quite a lot of absolutely murked trees here. Like, these They'd trees are not over. doing all right. Yeah. I mean, they're probably they're, they're probably half fine, but there's a lot of snow hanging off them. The same there were a lot of broken branches. And these, these are the sorts of scenes you expect in sort of. Broken. Yeah. You know the sort of semi semi Arctic parts of the you know the sort of semi Arctic forestry, but no, this was just uh, just the Cairngorms. Exactly. Couple of miles outside Aviemore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walking distance from Aviemore, uh, and everything was very, very snowy. Um, we could really have done with snowshoes. That would have made this was our day a lot easier. There is, there is, uh, I can confirm a reasonable volume of snow under our feet. Anyway, so that's yeah. that was a that, so was, the weather conditions were good enough for us. To, we didn't even do a hill this day, did we? We just went up we to have a laugh was, around Aviemore. Was, we couldn't because there, no, there was no way of getting to a hill because we'd have had to swim there. Yeah, swimming snow. Than yeah, you'd have you'd have been up to your we'd literally up to our waists trying to get to yeah. snow, which Impossible. having done that through yeah. Noidar, I confirm it is no fun. So um, yeah, so we Catch got back to Aviemore. Uh, yeah, and um, so this is when was this? This was early early this January, January twenty ten. Yeah, and um, lovely Aviemore station here. There are oh, some rails there somewhere, aren't there? There are, yeah. So this, this, you know, there's been some trains coming through here. They're, they're slushing their way through the snow. But um, this, it kind of closed in a bit. I think this photo we took when we arrived and then when we got, or maybe it was just when we got back to the station, we kind of then moved around think, for a cup of tea. Yeah, I think it was, I think that was in the morning and we'd had our tea and stuff and then we came back to the station and... It was, it was in the dark, actually. So yeah, 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 this would be in the morning. We got back in the dark. And, um, well, we, we got... What had happened? I was trying to remember the exact sequence of events. So, we got a train that was supposed to have been going north, but had stopped in Aviemore and and decided to just head they south. Turned right? it around, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And the reason for that was because um, uh, because of this, because uh, gravity threw a threw a freight train into someone's back garden in Carbridge, um, which. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there was one moment in car. I was trying to find the CCTV footage and I could not find it. There's some great CCTV footage. I think it's static images. There's one image where there's people on the platform, and the next minute where they're 
there's maybe one person who's like got their leg half up from the fact they're hightailing it, and the next minute there are a series of container, just just like you know four by eight containers, just scattered on the platform with some empty flatbeds in amongst it, and then some trees in a different position further, like just down out of shot. Um, because yeah, uh, the brakes froze on this uh, class sixty six, and it ended up uh, getting thrown off the the catch points. <laughs> so that it didn't cause any havoc, Luckily. I face plant into a class one seventy that that was actually the one that we, we were sat on. Yeah, so um, yeah, yeah, that was. So we got the last train south on that day. We also got diverted through five because they'd been like, st- st- wasn't that the day when also they'd been? I think that was a different time. Oh no, that was the other. Yeah. That was the that, that was, was the next time. one. Yeah. I think actually. Yeah. So this was January. So we dodged a freight train finding its way. Everyone was fine in that incident. I have to say, but James, the engine. Um, actually, I think it's possibly still operating. Actually, presumably, it's not. I don't think it. I don't, you know, these things are fairly robust. The only time one of these has really got sliced up was when it ended up, as we discussed last time, in a placky bag down the side of above Loch Treague. But only exactly. reason they chopped that up is because it was uh, totally inaccessible. Um, yeah, that was fun, Alex. I enjoyed that. Uh, you know, not getting involved in one of these that was good. Um, bad. This is the next one. Do you remember where this was? So yeah, that that's a bit further south than the previous fur, isn't it? So that's at, but not much further south. That's at, sort of just south of Drumochta Summit, so a notoriously bleak part on the rail and road network. Mm. Um, and yeah, we we well, due to your ineptitude, we yes. basically ended up getting a train a lot later than we planned because you forgot your ice axe. I did. Uh, never mind. And then. We also got banned from Edinburgh. We got State. banned from Waverley, but we just got we just went to Haymarket. Let's not talk too much fine. about that. On that's that's yeah. fine. Everything's fine. But we didn't get we banned from Waverley. Got no. well now it's fine. Yep, everyone's pals. Um, uh, so anyway, we got we got to our destination, Dalwini, about three hours after we'd planned to, but that was our own fault. It wasn't the railway's fault. Everything else was, you know, the trains were all running and stuff. And then we cycled a few miles down the down the bike path next to the A9, didn't we, to then go off up some hills. With drifts building up underneath our wheels. Yeah, at this there point. wasn't an awful lot of snow at that point. I mean it was it was pretty snowy, but it was it was you know ten centimetres, fifteen centimetres, yeah. wasn't it? You know, it was it was manageable. Yeah, so and it kind of self- it was like this. You can see the outline. So this photo okay, the snow looks fun, but actually you can see all the outlines of grass. It's kind of this yeah. was what it looked like when we arrived. This photo was taken as we crossed the railway to begin our walk, right? Yeah. Um Having cycled down, having like deliberately launched ourselves into snowdrifts on our bicycles because it's quite entertaining. It's very good. Um, I think we did less of that on the way there because we thought we were going to achieve something. Uh, whereas on the way back, uh, anyway. So then, so then, what happened when we cro- we crossed the railway, dumped our bikes next to the fence, which they then proceeded to get buried in snow. Uh, and what happened when we tried attempted to to nab a couple of Munros that I think we've both subsequently we, gobbled up. I have done them subsequently. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, it was. It was incredible, wasn't it? So the snow at this level, so that's about 400 metres altitude, as you can see, was relatively manageable. But we went up a couple of hundred metres on the track up the hill, and it was it was incredible, wasn't it? The snow was... We crossed, you know, like, we crossed snow two sheet, deep. and then basically yeah. we got to the middle of that snow sheet and realised that everything had whited out. Yeah, I put my dad's... So it was the first time I'd used goggles as a way of not being totally blind. You remember this? And and I, the ones that, that, that goggles from probably 1979 that I put on my face and immediately the rubber perished and the foam, the foam just fell off. <laughs> just, these things were just completely useless. So um, 
Yeah, so that was hopeless. And, and basically, we dug ourselves into a hole, gave up on the we, hill. We dug a snow hole. It's very important. <laughs> Top tip of Monroeing: know when to quit. That was one of those times. Well, I think if we had been stupid enough to carry on, we we might have been a statistic, um, yeah. but we certainly we certainly would have. We, it would have it would have been genuinely really pretty stupid, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, we'd have. I'm I'm going with horrendous. statistic at this point. Um, we'd yeah. have we'd have been collected as a, an ice cube by a sea king. Uh, if, well, if that's if they could have found us. Yeah, they might, they might have only found us in May when it all thawed eventually. Yeah, so um, so thankfully we decided we let you know to our better interests to just bury ourselves in a in a little snow heap uh, deliberately. So we dug ourselves a little snow shelter. And, and ate some lunch, lunch. and then came home. <laughs> yeah. Then went back. Went back and then cycled back. And then, so then at that point, oh, that was fun. So everyone, everyone's obviously, you know, you people wondering what bikes? the railway connection is at this point other than us taking the train. Well, so we're in Dalhwini. Um, excellent whiskey, by the way. And uh, yeah, so uh, I think the thing's got a bit snowier again. I think we got the last train south before, correct me if I'm wrong on this. So again, we got the last train south before this happened. Uh, yep. And two class one seventies got froze uh, just north of Slocht, I think. Uh, yeah, it would have been Slocht, wouldn't it? So the other side, so um, north of uh, yeah, just basically the highest point. It's not the highest point actually. Uh, Dromoch is the highest point, but basically the last high point before you drop down into Inverness is, is what I'm trying to gabble on. And so this picture nicely shows two snowed in class one seventies, one in SPT livery as well, and one in the old first Scotrail livery for those who are following in audio only. That's an embellishment that I'm sure you had no interest in. In any case, snowy. Uh, they were they were locked in. Everyone had a horrible time of it, snowed into these trains, and we smugly got on the very last one we on its way the, south. We got the last train, didn't we? We did, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it was, it was on it was, this trip that we then got diverted because there were also like washouts yeah. on the Fife coast. So it was snowing. It was snowing in land and high up, but it was pouring with rain on the coast, wasn't it? So yeah, there was all sorts of all sorts of weather going on that day. It was not, it's pretty cool it? seeing at Dalwini with the with snowplow trains going through. Yeah. Yeah. And we did we we phoned the signalman, didn't we? We could you could I don't know if you can still do that. Can you still do that? I think you can at Dalwini, yeah. yeah. So so well most stations have the button. button, the big the big safety button. Yeah. But I think in Dalwini there's still just an old it was, phone. It was literally just a telephone that yeah. had a direct line to the signalman who was at the end of the platform in a signal box. Yeah, so we phoned phoned cool. the signal signaler. Uh oh yes, Alec is signaler, not signalman, sorry. The signaler okay. signaler, but in this instance was a man. Uh, yes, um, who then? Oh, yeah. uh, who said that we uh, were there? Yeah, there's a train coming. It'll stop for you, but I'd recommend getting on this one. <laughs> I think it was basically what you said, um, which we did with our bicycles and promptly returned to Edinburgh, um, and then subsequently found out that we'd we were the last to get the last. We were the most That's far north people south. who got a train at, on the Highland Main Line that day successfully. Um, yeah. Anyway, that was nice. So um, the moral of that story is trains are still great. In... <laughs> it's still fine. But we did get caught up in some of the 2010 railway shenanigans, um, Alex. Is, we yeah. did. Which is fine. The, for the yeah, most the part. The A9 though. was a lot worse, though. The, the A9 was closed for most of the day, whereas the railway line was open for most of the day. Yes, it's true. It is true. So, hey. um, uh, yeah, again, hopefully the process has got tidied up a bit because it's actually really not very good to, to lock passengers into a snowbound train. Um, and sending another one up to do for the same thing to happen is also not very clever. So um, processes were updated after this. I'm, uh, I, sh I should hope. Um, but broadly, 2010 was cracking. It's one of the good, the good things about snow is um, 
it's quite good for doing hills. This is this yeah. was when was this? So this is when we did Ben Aglow and and friends. Probably the, February, the day. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's worth worth remembering that the, often when you get very cold winter, it's cold because there's a lot of uh, settled high pressure weather around. So in between all these periodic monster blizzards that we were having, there were long periods of just incredible weather um, with really really cold overnight frost so we when we got off the train this on this trip i think it was minus 18 in uh, in blair athol which is a bit nippy. it was so cold yeah uh, but then we got up above the above the sort of the, above the valley inversion so the, the cold air sinks so the higher in this instance the higher up we went the warmer it got um and we were on the tops in our in our t-shirts weren't we yeah yeah, yeah. We, it was absolutely basically sunbathing it was roasting so nice yeah Everything was covered in this rime that you can sort of see in this bad, low-resolution image. Sparkly. Yeah. Um, it was. It was sort of this. Yeah, this sort of crystally stuff that you'd kick, and it would make a sort of a sort of sound every time you'd put a footprint. There was about six inches of it, mm. fifteen centimeters of it, and it was. There were a lot of people enjoying skiing on it as well. Yeah, it was just absolutely fantastic. We, we weren't. We didn't have skis then, did we? We couldn't ski. We did not. I could not ski. We, we never skied. Uh, and uh, I mean, yeah. If I had tried to ski, it would not have looked like the fantastic telemark turns that we saw on the side of the hill. No, I don't think it would have looked very good, would it? Another yeah. thing to remember better about going on the train in this instance for this trip was that we could go to the pub at the, at the railway station. Which indeed we did. we got the train home, which indeed we did. Because if we hadn't, we would have frozen to death. Because it was about minus 15 on the yeah. platform when we were waiting for the train. <laughs> but it wasn't minus 15 in the... Uh, in the uh, hotel bar. So it was not. They were serving uh, beers, wines, whiskies, the the, the nectars of the grape and we the grape, of which we then. enjoyed. As I'm sure everyone has, as I'm sure everyone has on this fine uh, holiday season, not the, the 27th the of, of December 2020. Yes. Hasn't 2020 been a lovely year and we can all toast Great. to it being a wonderful year. What a success. What a <laughs> success all round. Uh, yeah. Um, Alex, that's been thanks. Thanks for that. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for your snow insights. Uh, it's Th been um, thanks for having me. That's right. It's a pleasure. Uh, it's a genuine pleasure. So um, as ever, I shall close out with the with the various uh, the various ads. Do you have anything you want? Wait a minute. I tell you what. Let's let's go. Let's go. Let's go. First of all, thanks to everyone who listens in audio podcast form. Um, why you do this on a, a, a primarily image-driven format, I do not know, but there are quite a few of you listen, and uh, thanks for doing so. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Um, we are available on all good podcasting platforms. There are so many now that I can't be bothered to say them. Uh, Audible's on here as well. It's quite something. So lots lots of different podcasting platforms. Hooray. Um, you can support me on Patreon to make more of this happen. Uh, so, you know, choosing future episodes, suggesting guests themes getting sneak peeks uh watching you know watching the gen good grief the, and also the discord go into the discord garethdennis.co.uk slash discord where i don't know what it is but it's happening all the time and it's relentless and it has escalated rapidly um and goodness knows what it'll be doing when this goes out live crikey uh, and then also yeah you can you can chuck me money on paypal if you want to support me as well but anyway the 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 support that you give makes these happen which uh, for better or worse uh is is providing me life during this horrible year of lockdowns and disease so oh yes a giant orange screen because i don't know what the next episode is going to be alex what what's the next episode going to be neither of us know but i'm going to put a picture of what the next episode is going to be here 
And we're going to, I'm sure it'll be very good. It'll be good, Alex, won't it? Yes. It will be excellent. Of course. Yeah. And it'll be in 2021. It will. It will. It'll be the first. Happy New Year episode. Happy New Year episode. Yeah, crikey. And uh, and that is, I'd want to go to, wait for it, uh, back to side by side so we can see our cheers. Alex, that's been brilliant. Thanks for that. Uh, this was yeah, this well, was an excellent nonsense holiday episode. Well, total nonsense, and as you can tell, we could witter on about snow and trains and hill trips for hours, couldn't we? Hours. And everyone would get thoroughly bored. But We've already done it. So, yeah. Good on them. Yeah, for for people who've got managed to get through this, uh, congratulations, and uh, your your efforts are appreciated. Um, it only remains for us to really say cheerio. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cheerio. Thanks for having me, guys. That's a pleasure, oh. Alex. Bye. Next bye. time I'll tie my bow tie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, we can't have everything, can we? But uh, it's fine. I've got this hat. And you also put some Christmas decorations up behind you. I so, did put uh, some Christmas decorations up, yeah. I'm going to get RSI by waving so much. I'm still waving. <laughs> Cheerio, everyone. Goodbye.